citizen, the training, chapter 24. When Tracy returned to Chattanooga, he had another vision. But it was nothing like when the tall, shiny silver figure spoke to him. At those times, he was with Tracy, and the tall, shiny silver figure's interaction was in the present, in physical time. Now, in the spiritual wilderness of Chattanooga, Tracy's visions were like dreams, except he felt awake and that they were lessons. Sometimes Tracy interacted within the vision, and he saw, felt, and experienced what was happening. On occasion, Tracy watched himself within the action simultaneously. The first vision Tracy received in Chattanooga was on a huge playground. The children were about two feet high, but in their adult bodies. Monkey bars stretched the length of houses, and the roundabouts held hundreds. The slicky slides were as tall as a roller coaster, with as many twists and turns. Tracy was made to understand the equipment was on a grand scale, because it was in abundance. Tracy knew his playmates were the world's children, and they were small because their souls were small. The adult children scampered, climbed, slid, and yelled with joy as at any spring recess. With them were animals of every sort—dogs, cats, birds, rabbits, wolves and lambs, calves and lions. They frolicked and played with the children as at Easter, or as on his holy mountain, as written about in Isaiah 11. Then the imps appeared. Like Tracy's vision of Vera in her hospital room, they wore black leather, but they weren't partying with boomboxes. Instead, the imps carried whips and chains. Next, Tracy heard chainsaws carried by more of them, and they kept coming. Tracy's only thought was that he didn't have weapons. From his kung fu training, he wanted a sword, nunchucks, butterfly knives, or a staff, but they weren't present. Suddenly, the children ran to a bus stop, which was on the scale of the giant playground equipment. It was many rows deep, and had the usual clear glass on three sides. Tracy looked into the enclosure. The children were huddled in the far left corner, but now they were old. Fear had made them aged and infirm, and they were crying. Tracy turned and stood in front of the bus stop so he could protect them as the imps closed in. "'What should I do, Lord?' Tracy asked. "'Pray in the Holy Ghost,' he replied." Tracy knelt with his back to the bus stop and faced the oncoming army. He bowed his head and prayed in the Holy Ghost. Then the noise of the chainsaws, the snap of the whips, and the clang of chains stopped. Tracy kept praying with his head down, and the crying of the children stopped. 
It was replaced by audible sighs of relief, and Tracy heard a tiny giggle. When Tracy looked up, the imps were gone. Tracy turned and looked at the children. Some emitted spurts of laughter, while others were in a state of amazement. But they all looked at Tracy and pointed behind them. The enclosure was glass, but for some reason Tracy couldn't see what the adult children saw. Whatever it was made them ecstatic, and all fear had left them. Tracy was curious, so he got up and went to the edge of the bus stop. When Tracy went around its corner, he became small, about one foot high. Behind the enclosure were five angels that stood as a regiment, who were turned and faced Tracy's left. They were tall, and each held a sword or spear at the ready. The far left angel had a trumpet, which he blew at a forty-five degree angle toward the heavens. Once Tracy had fully turned the corner, the trumpet was the only thing heard, because it was an all-encompassing sound. The five angels were bright because they were made of light, although Tracy could see they wore sandals laced to the top of their calf. They wore a biblical warrior's garb that included a remarkable golden breastplate, which was jeweled with each angel's name etched on it. The names were in a foreign language, but Tracy understood each angel had a specific duty. The most obvious was the trumpet, which still sounded. When Tracy took a step toward them, he grew to half his normal size. The angels turned to look at Tracy over their left shoulder, and their expression said everything. They were so grateful to have been summoned. Their gaze impressed upon Tracy they were not used nearly as much as their purpose, and how long they had been waiting. Now, finally, they were called, and the vision was done, and Tracy woke up. Selah. The second vision Tracy had was more hands-on. Wake up, the angel commanded. He was one of the five angels from Tracy's previous vision. He was dazzlingly white, especially since Tracy was half asleep. It is time for your test, the angel said rapidly. Huh? What is this? Tracy said, and he rubbed his eyes. You have got to pass the test, the angel explained, and thought that fact was obvious. The angel was to the point and seemed annoyed. His large sword was now in its sheath and hung from his gold waistband. His breastplate's jewels and ornaments were more intricate because he stood so close to Tracy. Most strikingly, the angel held a legal-sized clipboard in his left arm. By his stance and business-like manner, Tracy knew this was no time for jokes. Did you not recently receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues? The angel asked officially. Yes, Tracy answered. Time to learn how to use it, the angel said. 
And remember, I cannot talk during the test. Tracy sat up in his bed. What? You are not getting it, the angel stated. Time is of the essence, and his disdain was not hidden. Suddenly, Tracy stood on a street corner and was dressed. Each street led somewhere specific, and Tracy faced the middle of the intersection. It was dark, except for the light that came from the angel standing next to him. Then the angel held a pen up to his clipboard, which clicked like a ballpoint retractable pen, only louder. The test begins now. And the angel double-clicked his pen and touched the pen to his clipboard. As the angel watched Tracy, the pen wrote everything down. The angel wasn't writing, quite the opposite. The pen had a direct download from the angel's eyes, which recorded a physical record of what he saw. The angel simply stared at Tracy and noted his every nuance, which, at the moment, marveled at the pen that wrote the angel's observations by itself. Then an imp came around a far corner. As he ran for Tracy, the creature grew from an imp to the size of a demon, slightly larger than Tracy. The demon still wore black leather, but screamed and wielded a knife to stab him. Tracy faced him and took his kung fu fighting stance. But the demon overpowered him in an instant and stabbed Tracy repeatedly. Tracy didn't feel any pain, but he was quickly defeated. Oh, this is stupid, Tracy thought. I could have blocked that blow. I should have skirted that jab. The angel double-clicked his pen. Time is up. The demon was gone. Tracy felt for his wounds, but they had disappeared. Then Tracy got another man, like in a video game, except the new man ready for play was himself. Another Tracy stood beside Tracy, like a reset. The actual Tracy looked at the angel. What was that? Tracy cried. No talking during the test, the angel said brusquely. Start over. And the angel held his clipboard out to his left side and held up his pen to signal the start. You mean I didn't fail? Tracy asked. No failing, the angel said curtly. Keep going until the light comes. At those words, Tracy understood the light was the revelation of the vision's purpose. The light would come once he understood the lesson. Tracy also knew he just needed to keep going until that happened. He would never run out of men, and the test was a loop until he figured it out. Reset, the angel said. Tracy was back on the street corner and looked down the roads. There were many to choose from, and he knew a decision had to be made. As Tracy stood there, the demon came from around a building, hell-bent for him. This time, Tracy ran to a gun store. The angel followed and hovered around Tracy to observe his every action. Simultaneously, 
Everything was recorded onto the clipboard by the pen. Sometimes the angel sat, or, if the action got more complicated, he stood, or leaned to see everything Tracy did. But the angel was never in Tracy's way, or interfered. When Tracy got to the gun store, he broke down the door and grabbed a large gun and ammo. Then he ran out and got far enough from the demon to stop and load his weapon. As the demon charged, Tracy faced him. Halt, or I'll shoot, Tracy yelled. The demon continued his charge, and Tracy emptied his clip. As the bullet sprayed, the demon's body flinched and jerked, and he was arrested. But when Tracy was out of bullets, the demon came for Tracy, wielding his knife just as before. Then Tracy heard the double click before he would have been stabbed. Time is up, the angel said sharply. Tracy looked at the angel, who had a rather bored expression, and Tracy was unimpressed. Hello, everyone. Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again. All his interactions with the tall, shiny silver figure were wonderful. Sure, sometimes he was annoying. God definitely got his way. But he always helped Tracy. The tall, shiny silver figure was more like a brother, and Tracy always knew how much he loved him. The angel, on the other hand, as magnificent as he was within his stature of light and exquisite garb, was a little snarky. He wasn't interested in helping Tracy at all. The angel simply held out his clipboard and raised his pen to start the next trial. Tracy quickly got ready, and this time he thought he would run. As soon as his mind was purposed, Tracy was dressed in loose-fitting pants, a t-shirt, and sneakers. Reset, the angel said, double-clicked, and Tracy started running. He ran and ran, but soon Tracy realized his running would be eternal. Like a mirror that faced a mirror, Tracy ran in between. His first steps running never ended. Tracy saw hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, and millennia pass the same as the present. The sun came up and the sun went down. The moon waxed and waned over a landscape that was meaningless. Oddly, Tracy didn't need food or water, even though he ran through time. The only difference was that Tracy got tired and increasingly out of breath. But he thought he could run until 6 a.m. 
Tracy's plan was to run until his alarm went off, and he could wake up from this awful vision. But the angel stayed with him, and hovered while his pen took notes as the demon ran behind. Then Tracy looked at the angel. "'Why aren't you helping me?' Tracy panted. The angel didn't answer and kept doing his job, and Tracy finally yielded. "'Okay, I quit.' Tracy said and stopped, turned, and got stabbed by the demon. Because Tracy used time in this trial, the angel couldn't say, "'Time is up,' so he just stopped. Then they were back at the intersection. Tracy turned to the angel. "'Obviously there's something I'm not getting here,' Tracy said. The angel rolled his eyes as if to say, "'You think?' Then he changed. The angel removed the pen from the surface of the clipboard, and the angel thought doing this was extremely unusual. The angel turned to Tracy as a teacher, not the administrator of a test, and his mood had significantly softened. "'The words that I speak come from him,' the angel said. "'When I do something, I do it because he tells me to. "'When I tell you something, it is because he tells me to. "'I was sent to you for a purpose. "'In the beginning, what did I announce my purpose was?' and the angel put his pen back up to the clipboard so it would be ready to write. Reset, the angel said, and touched his pen to the clipboard. Immediately they were back at the intersection. The creature came around a corner and Tracy ran. The angel followed, but held back a little as Tracy racked his brain. What did he tell me? Tracy panted. What was the purpose? The creature caught up to Tracy, and he had to turn to fight. As he ducked his blows and dodged the demon's knife, Tracy kept thinking. What is the reason? Tracy asked, and then he yelled. I don't remember! Suddenly, Tracy heard his voice. He brought back to remembrance. At once the vision was paused. The demon was about to stab Tracy in the leg, but the demon was frozen. Tracy could move out from under the attack because the demon was immovable, even though he was conscious. The creature's eyes darted between looking at Tracy and the angel, and wondered how he was stopped. The angel also stopped his scribing. Then he turned in the direction of the tall, shiny silver figure, who was revealed from the sidelines. His light was unmasked, and he was much taller than the angel. Tracy watched the tall, shiny silver figure converse with the angel without words, using only his eyes and facial expression. Tracy was made to understand, and it went like this. The angel was surprised when the tall, shiny silver figure interrupted the vision, because it was not lawful to interrupt the test. Then the angel was reminded of the scripture. 
What is man that you are mindful of him? Five was the number of grace, he explained, hence the five words. He brought back to remembrance. The tall, shiny silver figure did so, because he had already paid for the test to be conducted. Then the tall, shiny silver figure looked at Tracy and spoke. Angels long to look into these things, he explained. They long to know and understand grace and why it is toward you. So the four stood there, the tall, shiny silver figure, the angel, Tracy, and the demon frozen in his murderous attack. The angel pondered man and grace as he watched Tracy and the tall, shiny silver figure continue. This also explained the angel's attitude toward Tracy, continually wondering what it was that God saw in man that was the least bit interesting. Meanwhile, the demon wondered how he was still in the presence of the tall, shiny silver figure, and realized it wouldn't go well for him. In the beginning of the vision, the tall, shiny silver figure said, what did the angel say was his purpose in coming? Tracy could think, because it was peaceful now. The angel told me he wanted me to learn how to use the gift you just gave me, Tracy said. Tracy's friend was pleased. Very well. Use the gift. Then he looked at the angel and it was understood to resume the test. Without turning, the tall, shiny silver figure slowly backed away. Then he sat, and his chair continued as if on a trolley being removed from a movie set. Next, the tall, shiny silver figure was obscured as with a curtain, although Tracy knew he watched, and Tracy was brought to remembrance. The demon looked at Tracy as if to say, uh-oh, and Tracy took his position before the pause happened. Then, in slow motion, the angel clicked once, and the action sped up to the second click. When the angel's pen moved faster and touched the clipboard, time resumed. Tracy dodged the demon's swipe at his leg. They fought more until Tracy could back away from the creature enough to stand up. Tracy fixed his stance, pointed at the demon, and spoke in his prayer language. The demon froze instantly. Tracy stood and looked at his hand, which was just his hand, and he felt the words that had left his mouth as the weapon. Tracy realized he now had possession of the demon as with a remote control, and that he had pressed the pause button through the power of his tongue. With the demon under Tracy's power, he had time to think what to do. For the moment, Tracy stood firm and pointed at the demon's hand that held the knife. Then, with the words of his prayer language, Tracy concentrated. Straight away, there was a spark that grew into a small firework, and the knife exploded in the demon's hand along with his upper arm. Now, 
The demon was not only held in captivity, he was literally disarmed. This made Tracy laugh as he thought, <laughs> And I was afraid of you? But rather than destroy the demon piece by piece, Tracy wanted to understand. So he walked around the demon to observe his impotence. I ought to kick your ass, Tracy said, but he wanted to stay in the vision. Tracy realized there was more to this because he hadn't woken up. At that revelation, the angel's eyes grew large. He sat perched on the edge of his seat, keenly intent on Tracy, and his pen scribed at a furious rate. Tracy walked around the demon a second time, and he received revelation after revelation. Tracy began to understand the dragon as a worm, and his place in this world as God had ordained. Psalm 8 O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens! Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over thy works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! The angel's eyes were all wonder and curiosity to see if Tracy would figure it out. He had never seen this before, and, as Tracy's understanding grew, the cloud of witnesses gathered. The curtain was withdrawn, and Tracy, the angel, and the demon were on a small stage of a theater in the round. The great circular audience watched with incredible excitement, and they chattered amongst themselves. Is he going to get it? A little lower than the angels, Tracy said aloud. Crowned with glory. Yet he made him to have dominion over the works of his hands. And God made the angels. There was a gasp from the cloud of witnesses, and the angel stood. Tracy stopped pacing around the demon and faced him head on. Then Tracy stood back to raise both arms out to his side with his palms open. With absolute command, Tracy spoke in tongues, unknown even to him, and used the gift of the Holy Spirit to speak over the demon. As he did, 
the angel's incandescence grew. Because he was summoned, the angel faced Tracy. He unfurled his enormous wings, even while he held his clipboard in his left arm as the pen scribed, and the angel's two pinions of feathered radiance lit the faces of the great cloud of witnesses. Then the height of the angel combined with the breadth of his wings formed an illuminated cross. Tracy stood with his hands outstretched and palms open, which formed a shorter human cross. Tracy continued speaking in tongues, and the two faced each other with the demon between. Then, because the angel was light, at the speed of light, the angel's terrible sword was unsheathed and cut the demon asunder. The intensity made a flash like lightning, and above the boisterous approval of the cloud of witnesses, the angel looked at Tracy in absolute awe. Wow! You did it! The angel thought as he looked directly into Tracy's eyes and smiled. Then Tracy heard the tall, shiny silver figure's loud, approving voice quote Isaiah 45:11. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. Selah. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.